I'm not going to be too terribly long, I don't think. Yesterday, our travels took us 14 hours. We had a 10 and a half hour flight from Rome to Atlanta. Then we had to spend an hour layover and catch like a two hour flight from Atlanta to Kansas City. Didn't get home till late. Had enough time to shower and go to bed. Uh, so some of us are might be operating off of fumes, but I thank God for the fumes. Now, I, I need you to pray for me, for what the Lord has put in my spirit that I want to share with you today on this fantastic Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, I think they put the air on to cool it down. I think it's been cool enough. The air's on. It, it, we can cut the air off for me. Now, if I had the hair like Deacon Garlington, I wouldn't mind, but so they can cut that out. I got a little warm and I know they did their part to cool it down a little bit because while some people are fanning, other people's are hot. So right now with my voice, I just want to make sure I'm able to finish this message so you can cut it down now. Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 10. As I mentioned, Angie and I were so blessed from our recent, what I call journey of spiritual enlightenment and historical perspective. And as I mentioned through the month of December, I'll be talking about the impact of the journey and showing the scriptures come alive. On this trip, something happened to me that had never happened in my 50 years walking with God. Almost 50 years walking with God. And I call it the miracle at Galilee uh, at the Jordan River. Today's message will be highlighted from the scriptural text from Acts chapter number 10. And again, it was, it was so awesome for me to read the scripture and then actually be at the places that I've been reading and preaching about. I had gone to the Holy Land, oh, a few decades ago, but it was really, it was renewed in me as I went this time. That's why those of you who can go, I would encourage you to consider the trip to the Holy Lands. The church is not benefiting, I'm not benefiting, but it'll be so beneficial for you if you can have that opportunity. So I want to share with you the miracle in Galilee at the Jordan River that happened in my life. Acts chapter 10, and if you don't mind, come on, let's stand as I read the word of God, beginning at verse number 17. Acts chapter number 10, verse 17, you who can stand, let us do that in difference of the word of God. The Bible says this. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, and I'll talk about it in a minute. Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, who, which was surnamed Peter, uh, was lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit, somebody shout spirit. spirit. That's why it's so important that you're able to have an encounter with the spirit of God. That S, capital S, means the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. See, God will lead you sometimes and you don't know where you're going. But if the Spirit leads you, you must be obedient. So, again, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down. And go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Come on and give God praise. You may be seated. Today's message is entitled, It's a Matter 
of life and death. Oh God, we thank you now for the opportunity to share your word. And I pray for the unction of the Holy Spirit. Speak, Lord. Let us receive your words of life. And let somebody today be delivered. Oh God, set free. That they can declare it's a happy day. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a matter of life and death. Death is the enemy of mankind. It represents the judgment of God and the eternal punishment for disobeying God, which we, of course, call sin. It was the Lord who told Adam in the book of Genesis, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. That was the judgment that God pronounced for disobedience. Hear me. It was not just the fact that Adam took of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was the fact that he disobeyed God. Please understand. Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. When the Lord tells you to do something, and you don't do it, it's sin. It's not about smoking a cigarette or, or going out getting high or, or cheating on your income taxes. But if the Lord tells you to do something and you refuse to do it, you've actually missed the mark. You have failed to obey God, which is always the original sin, disobedience. And the Lord said, if you do that, then you'll die. So through the disobedience of Adam, when he disobeyed God, all mankind was condemned to death. The eternal separation from God. Hallelujah. But through the divine plan. And the grace of God, the sacrifice of his only son, Jesus Christ, now has given us the opportunity to once again experience life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Through the sacrifice of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we were able to walk uh, the footsteps of Jesus as he carried the cross. And we saw the different stations where he fell. They even have an imprint in one of the buildings that they believe that's where Jesus tried to hold himself up. Another location where he fell and Simon of Serene took over his cross carrying it. Oh, hallelujah. Through that sacrifice, and we actually went to where they believe was the tomb of Jesus. Through his sacrifice, now we who were condemned to death and should die because we were born in sin. But thanks be to God, he's given us an opportunity for life. Somebody thank God for the opportunity for life. And with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there now became a way of escape. Somebody shout escape. escape. You see, when you're in a, a place of danger, you'll always look for how you can get out. That's why you see exit signs. That even if the lights go out, because these signs are not tied to the electrical current of the church, they still shine exit. So you can have a way of escape. Oh, I thank God he provided a way of escape. Stay with me, stay with me. Now, 
All mankind can escape death so that now death is not our enemy. The natural death is not the enemy of the church. It's the enemy to those in the world. But for us, death is just the means by which we move through the portal into eternal life. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. Yes, yes, yes. It's the homiletical style of preachers at a funeral to say that the deceased is now at the gates of Peter. And Peter's there ushering them in to the holy place. And they live the life of a devil. But we say that to make the family feel good. But see, how we live today determines how we die. And for individuals who have not lived as they should, death then becomes the means of eternal judgment. But for we, the people of God, who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and have been baptized and received his spirit, death is no longer an enemy. It's just a means. We just fall asleep. And when we wake up, we wake up in glory. Hallelujah. That's why the apostle Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. How? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting now? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Hallelujah. See, death is the enemy of mankind. But through Jesus Christ, he has made a way of escape. Now, now please understand, and this is where I'm going. To facilitate or cause the action of salvation requires our participation. We were not delivered from sin just to enjoy the benefit and pleasure of salvation, but God called us now to become his agents to, to facilitate the salvation of God so that others can receive the same benefits that we've had. Stay with me. Hallelujah. The role that we take now, it's a matter of life and death. Coming to church just to sit here and worship God is not our destiny or ministry. This is where we're inspired. This is where we receive strength. This is where we receive instructions. This is where we give worship to God. But our ministry is outside the church. Our ministry is what we did yesterday when we fed those that didn't have anything to eat. When we're able to clothe individuals that are not able to have clothing and to share the gospel of those that are heading to death. You have to understand when you see people without Christ, they're dying. They might think they're living it up, but they're dying. And we've got to be the ones to declare, get right with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me, saints. We're getting ready to have Thanksgiving. And we'll be gathered together with our family and our friends. We just cannot look at them. And understand that they're dying. Uh, they might be backsliders. They, not, they might not have never known the Lord. But it becomes our responsibility to remind them, you got to get right with God. we got to sound the alarm. It's a matter of life and death. Whether you live or whether you die depends on us. Stay with me, saints. Sometimes we got to keep our children in prayer. They might not be where they should be in God, but we can't give up on them. We got to keep on going before the Lord. God save them. Hallelujah. Don't give up on your children. Ah, help me, Holy Ghost. Yes, we're proud of their earthly achievements, but what good does it profit a man to gain the whole world 
and lose their soul. It's a matter of life and death. That's why Paul told the Corinthian church, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We have the responsibility of, of making everyone at peace with God. The Lord uses us. The old saying, uh, Lee, was God has no hands but our hands. He has no feet but our feet. No vow of a voice but our voice. That means the Lord uses us as agents to bring others to Christ. It's a matter of life and Ask yourself, when was the last time you witnessed to somebody? Oh, we talk about uh, the team that we love and the sports that we love. And we talk about the good cooking that we cook. And we, we talk about the clothes that we wear. We talk about the entertainment factor. But how many will lift up and talk about Jesus? And do the people on your job, the people in school, the people in your community, do they know that you belong to Christ? And while some of you have jobs that you can interact with people every day, have you once lifted up your voice and said, have you been saved yet? Do you know God on a personal level? Could you be the agent that God wanted to use to save somebody between life and death? We come to church thinking, well, I did God a favor by showing up. The devil is a lie. We're here to receive so we can go out and tell somebody else about the goodness of Jesus. Why testifying here how God healed my body? God is my deliverer. He'll keep me in the time of need. That in the midnight hour when I thought I was going to lose my mind, it was God who was there with me. Somebody needs to hear that message because the devil's telling them, commit suicide. It's a matter of life and death. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If he saved us, can't we share this gospel to save somebody else? What I'm talking about. This thing has got to be told. Oh, help me, help me. Let me, let me give you a good illustration. A matter of life and death. Every jet, how many has ever flown before on a commercial jet? How many has ever flown on a commercial jet? How many have ever flown on a commercial jet? Sweetie mama, have you? Oh, thank you. One more time. How many have ever flown on a commercial jet? All right. Thank you. Thank you. It's not a trick question. Don't worry. Every jet has designated doors that can be used that if there's an emergency, you can exit the plane through those doors. I recall Minister Patrice Perkins who earlier this year was on a flight, and the flight, the plane got into some trouble. They had to make an emergency landing, and she had to use one of those doors. They're a way of escape. Stay with me. The seats that are in that row where the door is that you can get off the plane, if you sit on that row before the plane takes off, one of the stewards will come to or attendants will come to you and explain you're sitting in the row that is designated for an emergency. They will give you a briefing on how that emergency door works and operates. You see, it's a bad thing if you're at the door and you don't know how to get out. <laughs> and how many times have you been at that seat? And you say, oh, I know what to do. And then there's an emergency. You don't say, well, no, what, what do I do? Because it's not just a normal handle. You got to take a lever. You got to pull it down. And some of the old planes, you have to have enough strength to take that door and throw it out. 
See, some of us be lost right there. Because we would have had a heart attack already just trying to get out. Stay with me. But while the attendant is giving the instructions for the door, he then or she asks, I need a verbal response from you. I just cannot have you shake your head. I got to hear if you're willing and able to assist in the time of an emergency. It's a matter of life. And that verbal yes is, listen, listen, because some people miss this. It's not just can you get the door open. But they say, we will not be here. We will be at other designated places. Are you willing to also assist others getting off the plane? You just didn't open the door and jump out first. Now, some of y'all be saying, I don't care about anybody else on the plane. I'm getting out. That is not the responsibility of the people sitting in that row. Because they cannot just know how to open the door, but they must be willing to help everybody else get out the plane. Because it's a matter of life and death. So many times, we're only concerned about us getting off the plane. So many times, we're concerned about us having our prayer answered. So many times, we're worried about us getting able to receive the victory. But God is saying, I need somebody that can lead somebody out because it's your responsibility. I saved you that you can help save someone else. It's a matter of life and death. And I'm here to remind us that we got to share this gospel. Tell others, who have you brought to church? Who have you witnessed to? Bishop, I'm just concerned. I got to get myself off this plane. But that's not the responsibility. We have to be willing not just to get us out. Listen, listen, listen. And truth be told, we really should be responsible for everyone else first. And we be the last to jump out. Because maybe there's a mother in row 37 that can't hardly walk. And, and we witness even in the Holy Lands where there's a mob of people. And they'll walk over you. They'll... But who's there for the individual that doesn't have somebody to help them? Who's there for the individual who's never gone to Sunday school? Who's never grown up in church? Who doesn't know anything about the gospel? You're so willing to shout with each other. And we actually come to church and we're in church shouting with each other. Now, don't let the Holy Ghost hit you. <laughs> we'll get partners and dance in the church. We're in the church with two or three people shouting. And, but how about the person that doesn't know anything about worship? The individual's never been exposed to the gospel. The war cry is going out so that individuals can understand there's something beyond living in this world. There's something more than the streets. There's a life beyond the streets. There's a life beyond shooting one another. There's a life beyond trying to get the next high. I know a God who's able to turn your high into an eternal life.
It's a matter of life and death. Now, what I'm, what I'm looking at here in the scripture, and I'm almost finished. In Acts chapter number 10, records an instance where there was a certain man in verse number 1 called Cornelius. He was an Italian. He did God often. He would give alms to the poor. He would support people in the church. Listen, listen. And the Bible said because of his prayers and because of his giving, it came up as a memorial to God. What you do, God is listening. God is watching. And when you give of yourself, God will take note and it'll be a memorial that comes up before him. I wish somebody hear me. See, when you give, and, and see, some of us have received our blessing because we want everyone to know we gave to this person or, or we did to this to this person. Your blessing is when you give it and no one knows you give it. Your blessing is when you share with others and no one knows you share with others because God is looking at your heart. Some people want people to know I gave, I did this. It's not about you. It's about what you do for others. And because of the sincerity of his heart, Cornelius, the Bible said it came up as a memorial. Stay with me. Now, it's quite evident that Cornelius had a relationship with God, but he did not have the full knowledge of who God is. There are people that are in the church, many places that are sincere, but they've not yet been exposed to the realness of who God is. They're just going through form. They're just going through fashion. They're just going through what they know to do. But there's some individuals who are saying, Lord, I want a deeper walk with you. I want a greater relationship. I want to know you, God, beyond what I've already learned. And because of his prayers, God saw his heart. See, the Lord looks at your heart. Help me, Holy Ghost. There are churches in Baptist churches, Episcopalian churches, Catholic churches, even mosques that are sincere in knowing who God is. And we cannot just condemn a person because they're not part of our religious persuasion. Some people from another denomination or another church has a greater personal relationship than some of us. In fact, I wonder if some of you received the Holy Ghost in the first place. Because you can't act evil and oh, help me. You can't talk about somebody. You can't lie. You can't steal. And there's others who every day are not just going to church because it's what they're supposed to do. But they have a greater desire. God, I want to know more about you. But they won't know, listen, unless we share with them the gospel, the truth. Uh, showing them, as the Bible said, a more excellent way. That's Cornelius. And then, now, 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 now look what happened. Look what happened. Cornelius no doubt desired to see God in a greater way. Verse number two, he was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God, what? Always. Here it is, verse number three. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, don't tell me God won't speak to you. Don't tell me God doesn't know your name. Some of you never heard God speak to you because you're not in the place that you need to be. But God does still speak and he does know your name. I feel like preaching today. Cornelius. And when he looked on him, verse four, he was afraid. What is it, Lord? 
And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. I saw when you gave, you weren't giving to be rewarded. I, I heard your prayers that you prayed all the time, and it's come up before me. And as a result, you never asked, but I'm going to do something for you that you never knew was going to happen. I told you, I've had some experiences since almost being saved for 50 years that I've never had before. I don't ever want to get to the place where God can't do something new to me. Oh, it's not about what he did yesterday. I'm looking for what God's going to do for me tomorrow. And what did he do? He said, he said now, now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter, and told him exactly where he lived. And when the angel, verse number 7, spoke to Cornelius, uh, was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. Cornelius had a little change. Cornelius had rank. Cornelius was not from the down and out. He was from the up and the in. Sometimes we think the gospel is only for the down and out. But there's a lot of people who are up and in who are looking for the realness of who Jesus is. He sent his men to find Peter. And, and, and the Bible said in verse number 8, and when he declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. Verse number 9, on the morrow as they went on their journey and they came near to the city, Peter, now up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, he got hungry and God sent him a vision. See, God was working things out in each of their lives and didn't realize they were going to rendezvous together. God sometimes is working to get you in a place because somebody else prayed, I need an answer. It cannot be about you. It's got to be about He got hungry, went up and started to pray, and God sent a vision. And the vision was he saw sheets coming down, and in the sheets were all kind of different animals, beasts, reptiles. And the word said, rise, Peter, slay and eat. And Peter said, in the vision, not so, Lord. Because as a Jew, I know I'm not supposed to eat those type of foods. Uh, it cannot be of you, God, telling me to go into the whorehouse. It cannot be you, God, telling me to go in the beer garden. It cannot be you, God, telling me to go to the club. Because people will think that I'm part of the crowd, not realizing you're there to shed a light. Help me, Holy Ghost. And sometimes, I hear you, Lord, sometimes God will send you to prison so you can be a light to somebody else in prison. The Lord will work it out for you to go to jail. And you're wondering, why am I in jail when I know I've lived right? I know I've done right. Not really that realizing God wanted you there because somebody in jail was praying for a way of escape. That is not of God. I can't have lobster, crab legs, like the McKinney family getting ready to have for Thanksgiving. Look how they're getting ready to chow down. The devil is a liar. We, we can't eat uh, uh, these pork chops. Hello. Bacon. Sausage. Oh, no. That's of the devil. And the Lord says, to make a long story short. And here's the, here's the real reason behind the vision. Don't you call unclean what I have cleaned. How dare you say somebody else is not saved when I have saved them? How dare you say this person is heading to hell when I'm getting ready to send them to heaven? 
don't out of your mind and your experience determine they're clean. I've already cleaned. Now, Peter, rise, slay, and eat. The message was not about what he ate. The message was determining do not prejudge people. Don't determine just because they're now uh, praising God and giving worship that you say they're not of God. Don't do that. Because through their praise, they might be saving many people who would have never heard the gospel. They're reaching a generation you never could reach because you condemned them because they had a nose ring. You condemned them because they had tats all over them. You condemned them because they had uh, uh, bright red hair. story but I know her story and every day she's here praising God stopping by the church to give her tithes and her offerings because she know God's been good to her don't you condemn somebody when you don't know their story you don't know what they've gone through you don't know the hell they've had to face you don't know the challenges of the enemy Honey, stop judging and pray for somebody. Let your light shine that men can see God's glory. One of the things I, I have a disagreement even with the organization that I'm a part of, that some of them will condemn and say, if you're not part of us, you're not going to heaven. Even if you're baptized or even if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, if you don't believe like we believe, you're not going to hell. How dare we tell somebody they don't have the qualifications? What man has called unclean? Don't you call it unclean if God has said clean? And that's why verse number 17, our text, after that vision three times, Peter doubted what this vision, what it should mean. And while he was doing that at the same time, the men from Cornelius was knocking at his door. They didn't have texts. They didn't have telephones. They were only operating through their obedience of hearing God. That's why if God tells you to do something, even if it, you don't understand what he's doing, if it's God, you got to say yes to his will. Now let me pause there. When Paul, uh, sorry, when, uh, yeah, when, when Peter, rather, had that vision, look, he had it three times. Which means he wanted to make sure he was hearing from God. God will confirm his word. Because sometimes the devil speaks. And you've got to be able to discern, is this God or is this the devil? But if it's God, he'll continually give you confirmation. This is me. Be obedient. While he was knocking at the door, Peter came down, verse 21. And after the Lord said, go with them, doubting nothing. 21, Peter went down to the men and they said, we're here from Cornelius. And we're here to look for a man called Peter. They didn't even know who he was. And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God and of a good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. He called him in. And the Lord then said, go with them. 
Verse 25, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up saying, wait a minute, stand up. I'm myself, I'm a man also. We can't get so big-headed to think we're so much. That's why I almost hate titles now. I wish we could do away with titles because for some people, title means entitlement. That's why the ministers serve as ushers. So we cannot forget, we're no better than someone else. What does bishop mean? It's just an assignment that many aren't even doing. They've made themselves apostles. They're prophets and don't even know what the word prophet means in Hebrew or Greek. Peter said, no, 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 get up, get up, get up, get up. I'm just a man also. And the Bible says in, in verse number 26, Peter took him up saying, stand up, I'm myself also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. Because Cornelius had told his whole family, God told me to send for a man. And I don't know what he's going to tell us to do, but I want us to receive. He called his family. He called friends. And when Peter got there, he was walking into a situation he didn't know what he was even getting into. And when he walked in and saw this big crowd, he was just as astonished. Look, he didn't even know why he was there. Look at the scripture. Look at the, look at the scripture. And the Bible says... Uh, 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 he went in, verse, verse number 30, and Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. He, re, he rehearsed what happened to him. Verse number 33, immediately, therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God, verse 33, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. And Peter didn't even know what to say. Sometimes God will send you and you can't even prepare the message. Because you don't know which way God is going. You can't go with one of your messages you've already prepared three years ago. The devil is a lie. When that happened, verse number 34, I'm almost finished. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of person. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. You see what happened? Remember, Centurion Cornelius was an Italian. The Jews did not have any relationship with anyone else besides a Jew. And even those that have received the Holy Ghost, they didn't have the full revelation that this is for everybody. They thought the Holy Ghost was just for them. And nowhere else in the scripture outside of Jews had a person received the Holy Ghost. Nowhere in the scripture outside of those that were Pentecostal growing up in a Pentecostal church had received the Holy Ghost. So then they came in and found people who are Baptists and Episcopalian and Catholics and Jews saying, we want the Holy Ghost. They said, what? <laughs> only us church and God in Christ. Only us apostolic. Only us Bible way. We're the only ones that can speak in tongues. The devil is alive. Am I helping somebody this morning? Peter opened his mouth, and, he, and this is what happened. Verse 37, that word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began with Galilee, the baptism, the baptism, the baptism, the baptism, which John preached. John preached baptism to repentance. And we are all witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Now, not to all people but unto witnesses chosen. And he commanded, here's verse 42, he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify 
that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and of the dead. He said, this is a matter of life and death. And God has sent me to share the light, to testify, not just among us Pentecostals. But everyone who desires a closer walk with God, we cannot condemn them because they don't walk like we walk, dress like we dress, talk like we talk, look like we look. God looks at a person's heart. When you see a person all tattered up and, and, and things all in their, their tongues and their, their noses and their ears. And, and I, I, I got to confess, that's not me. But I've learned that I can condemn somebody else because it's not what I would do. We've got to grow beyond those old traditions that we've been brainwashed that nobody's saved but us the devil is, some of us aren't saved here it is while he is speaking verse number 44 while Peter yet spake these words the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word they didn't tarry. They didn't come down and say hallelujah. He just preached the word and the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. Why? They were hungry. They were looking for somebody. Show me a way of escape. Yeah. How many people are looking for the Holy Ghost? All we got to do is just testify of how good God's been to me. While he's preaching, while he's teaching, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed the Jews that had received the Holy Ghost, they were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy, how did they know they had the Holy Ghost? Verse number 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter. Seeing these people got the Holy Ghost. They got to be baptized in Jesus' name. They had already had one baptism. But to get the full understanding. To go to the next level. To show you a more excellent way, the healing, the deliverance, everything that you need, the way of escape is only in the name of Jesus Christ. All the Son of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not discounting that. But your greater reward and blessing comes through obedience. By being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And some of you have been running from it. Well, I don't need that because I've been baptized once. These people have already been baptized. But when God gives you a greater revelation, he deals with your heart. And as you know, I don't pounce it down your throat. I don't come every week talking about But you know what God is telling you. And for some of you who are godly men and godly women who have not been baptized yet in the name of Jesus Christ, yes, we want you to become members, but I want you to have the full deliverance. I want you to have the full benefit of knowing who Jesus is. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Stay with me. So, when he heard them speak with tongues, they had received the Holy Ghost. Verse 47, Peter said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? How dare we say someone cannot be saved? Here it is, verse number 48. Look at it for yourself. And he commanded them to be baptized. He didn't ask them. 
He didn't say who wants to. They Listen, they were already at the point of receiving because no one had to tarry with them. All they did was hear the word and the Holy Ghost fell on them. Peter said, I know God's dealing with you. I command you, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay with me. He didn't ask, do you want to be baptized? He commanded them. If you want the full revelation of who God is and how God can be the Lord of your life, you must be baptized in Jesus' name. He commanded them in the name of the Lord to be, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. And, and I won't, I don't have time to go through it. But when he went back, the church, the Jews, heard he was there mingling with the Italians, this unsaved folk, and tried to give him an account. What's wrong with you going fellowshipping with those people? How dare you go to their church service? How dare you participate with them? And then Peter had to get them told the Holy Ghost fell on them. I heard it with my own ears. We saw it with our own eyes. Don't tell me what God won't do. And after that, they believed Peter. Peter still had some prejudices he had to get over in life. See, just because we're delivered today doesn't mean we don't need deliverance tomorrow. But eventually, they all received it. Now, let me conclude with this. When I was in Galilee, and I'll teach more about it when we have a chance. Angela and I were on the tours. We had gone to specifically Galilee. I was so overwhelmed. Looking over the Sea of Galilee. The, it was a picture perfect day. And the Holy Ghost just began to deal with me. I was tearing up. Thinking I'm in the place where Jesus walked on the water. I was so overwhelmed. We went and actually saw the ruins of the house, huh, Peter's mother-in-law, where she was healed. They had the ruins. We walked in Capernaum where Jesus did all of his miracles. Ooh, you knew I was, I was already at level 10. And, and after visiting where Peter's mother-in-law was healed, it's amazing to see those places Regina and, and uh, Sister Drone. I was already there. Angela, and I must thank God for her. Because I was there for my own purpose. I wanted to be filled with God. I wanted for the Lord to speak to me, and he was doing that. I wanted it for me. Not knowing there was a rendezvous being set up. We signed up for tours before we actually went, and we signed up for this particular tour. And on the same tour was another couple, and she had cancer and been going through chemotherapy for like five years and three months. She was going, listen, she told me she was coming to be baptized in the Jordan River and then going home and said, I'm not going to take any more chemo. I'm just ready to go with God. She was sitting there, and I believe she called Angela to come sit next to her. Right, we were sitting around on all of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to let you tell it. We were all sitting around, and, and Angela came and sat right next to her, and she began to share, I've come to be baptized in the Jordan River. Angela says, well, who's going to baptize you? Now, I'm not with them. I'm somewhere else. I'm doing my own thing. Angela said, well, who's going to baptize you? She said, I don't know. Then Angela said, oh, my husband can baptize you. This actually happens. Then Angela motions to me that she wants to be baptized. I said, <laughs> literally, I said, 
I was saying, I didn't come for this. I didn't have no clothes. I, didn't, I, I just wanted to come and enjoy for myself. But she was the agent. God used her as the angel. That even something I did not want, God used her. And as I was sitting there, ready to decline and say, I ain't doing this, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Why do you think I brought you here? I was like, Peter, why did you show me this vision? Because somebody else had prayed, I want to be baptized. I need somebody to heal and deliver me. And the Lord condemned me. How dare you decline this opportunity? I e repented immediately. Because the thought was we're on a tour and, and we we're going to Jordan River, but we might not have enough time to do baptisms. And, I, and we got back on the bus and I said, listen, if there's time, I'll gladly baptize you. I said, I don't have any clothes on. I'm thinking we have to do like we did Elder, when we were in Hawaii, you know, pull my uh, pants up. As we were leaving the bus, as we got to Jordan River, she had already bought a baptismal clothing for whoever was going to baptize her. She already came prepared. I'm telling you, when God puts something in your heart, even if you don't know it, even if you don't see it, be obedient to God. God said you're getting ready to be baptized. I don't know who's going to baptize me. Get the baptismal clothes anyway. Do an act of faith. I will be there for you if you just show the faith. If you just show the faith, I'll do it. The way was already made. Two people, two different places coming from, two different couples, never had even talked to each other. I might have seen them maybe on the ship a couple times and she was barely getting around. She was on the tour holding on to her husband because she was so weak. She was almost ready to give up and say, I'm, I'm getting ready to die. I just want this one last experience to be baptized in Jordan River. Paid the money, her and her husband, and we saw them, but we never spoke to them. Sometimes you, don't, you look at some people and you don't want to speak to them, not knowing that God wanted you to be their way of escape. Thank God for Angela who started a conversation with this woman because she was the link. I probably never would have spoken to her. I probably never would have acknowledged her. I saw she needed help. I knew she seemed to be sick. She had no hair hardly, so I figured she had cancer. But I had determined I wasn't going to say anything. See, sometimes we could determine something that is not of God. When the Lord is looking for someone just to be willing to speak to somebody you don't know. They might be of a different color. They might be of a different persuasion. God doesn't care. They're praying for a way of escape. Let me show you the opportunity that was given to me of a miracle in Galilee at the Jordan River. Let's cut those center lights out. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I'm 70 years old. There she baby. is. Yes. Lucy. No way. Lucy. Five years and three months. Three and three months. a couple of weeks. When Jesus. I get back, I got to go straight there. But I trust God. Yes. I trust God. I trust God. Yes. I thank you. I honor you, Pastor. Oh, I honor I'm you, honored. Bishop. I'm honored. I honor you. My husband. My husband. Put him on the steps. Yes. Yes. My husband. It's about five oh minutes. Oh my gosh, he'll be lost again. He's lost again, Pastor. No problem. 
That's the Jordan River from the Sea of Galilee. Where's my husband? I don't know where he is. I have a feeling he's in the men's restroom. But just don't worry about it. Yes. I thank you, Bishop. Angela was in the birthing room at the Jordan River. That's what she already had prepared. What you need? She's gonna find him. This is the thing. Mm -hmm. You want me to hold your towel till you come out? Mm -hmm. She might find them. You can go, you can just enjoy, just bask in this moment. Just enjoy the moment. Thank you, Jesus. It's a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This woman has had cancer and chemotherapy for five years and three months. She desired to be baptized in the Jordan River. She asked me to sit by her. She told me she was going to be baptized. And I said, who's going to baptize? Her husband will baptize you. She believes her healing is here in the Jordan Jesus. Use your prayer language. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we bless your wonderful name and we thank you for this occasion and we praise you. Now, my dear sister, upon the confession of your faith and the confidence we have in the word of God concerning his death, burial, and resurrection, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We pronounce wholeness, healness, and deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. I wish somebody would give God a praise up in here. Hey! It's a matter of life and death. God is calling us.
go. She's all right. She's all right. Let somebody else rejoice. It don't matter. I don't care. I cried. I tried to do a video afterwards. I couldn't. I was just so messed up to think. God was so mindful to me. And she kept saying, I honor you, Pastor. I said, no, I honor you. I thank God you've given me this privilege. For a few days after the cruise, we didn't see her or her husband anymore. Finally, we saw him one night. She's just walking all good. She said, oh, I praise God, I've not had another breathing treatment since I've been baptized. healing and deliverance and wholeness. Don't tell me God is not still working miracles. The same river that Jesus was baptized. And she told her husband, listen, pastor, don't be surprised. One Sunday we're going to walk in your church. This thing is real, saints. It's real. And for me, it was what I needed. Because sometimes you think your efforts are in vain when God is saying, no, you're part of a master plan. You just stay on course. Don't worry about what people say, how people look. You follow my voice. I'm finished, but I'm commanding you, everyone who knows that the Lord has spoken to them in this service, and you want that greater, more excellent experience, come on down to this altar right now. I want you to receive the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, even if you want to be baptized in the name of the Lord.